one of our former players, Charlie Montoya, just named the uh, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, we've had 17 big leaguers come through the program. Over the course of a season, it's, there's going to be a lot of ups and a lot of downs, a lot of peaks and valleys. And when things go bad, you got to have something to grab onto, and and that's culture here. And I'm old school as they get, you know. But if you if you're not keeping up with the times, you got to move forward, man. You're either getting better, or you're getting worse. You know, I can remember the best coaching advice I ever got. Scott Barry told me this. He's the head coach of Southern Miss now, and we were at practice one day. I, I was I was kind of lightning into somebody, and you know, wanting to show prove my worth and show how tough I was. And I remember he pulled me over the side and he said, hey man, don't forget how hard this game is. This is a hard game to play. He said, don't you forget about it. Fellas, fellas, fellas. Welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we're here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Rapsodo. Measure to master. Rapsodo brings powerful insights into every pitch. They help players and coaches improve their performance through real data. On this episode, we sit down with Lane Burroughs, head coach at Louisiana Tech University. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad. Here's Coach Burroughs. Welcome back to the Farm System. We're here with Lane Burroughs, head coach at Louisiana Tech University. Coach, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to sit down and chat with us here at the Farm System. Man, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's uh, anytime we can get the word out on Louisiana Tech and and uh, further the calls of college baseball, man, I'm all about it. So appreciate you guys and, and allowing me to come on. I'm honored to be on your show. Absolutely. Well, you know, Coach, um, you've had a pretty – you know, historic here, uh, last three years, you know, that as you're going into uh, the season here and, um, you know, everything that you've done over at Louisiana tech, you got them headed in the right direction. And, uh, we were just talking here a second ago, you got a big class coming in next year. So we're excited for you. So we want to have you on and kind of pick your brain for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, uh, we like what we're doing here. We're, uh, we feel like we're trending in the right direction and I'm sure we'll get into it throughout the, uh, course of the show here. Uh, Tech kind of had a, a rough go there for a lot of years, and uh, we kind of turned the corner now, and we need to take this thing even further. And uh, we do have some good history and tradition. We you know we one of our former players, Charlie Montoya, was just named the uh, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, we've had 17 big leaguers come through the program, and uh, it's a great place to be. And I'm again, I'm excited to to share that with you guys and all your listeners. Absolutely. And before we kind of get into how you guys run shop there. Can you give our listeners a little background of yourself by taking them through your journey to get to this point in your career? Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's been a long one, but I think I've been blessed uh, to work with some great, not only baseball men, but great men. I think the good Lord has blessed me in that area. That uh, you know, I started out when I got through playing at Mississippi College as a Division II school in Clinton, Mississippi, and our our head coach asked me if I wanted to be a graduate assistant and. 
you know, I, I wanted to be an FBI agent or a Secret Service agent, so I was like, sure, I got my master's in uh, social sciences with an emphasis in criminal justice. I've always had a, a passion for criminal justice and that and law enforcement, and uh, so I did it, and it kind of got in my blood that one year, and um, I took a job at East Mississippi Community College for a year, you know, not much pay, like all of us, and uh, living in the dorm, three meals a day type deal, and, and then I got my big break, I guess you could say, uh, Dave Van Horn was the head coach at Northwestern State in Louisiana, and uh, Matt Deggs was one of his assistants, and Matt had just taken the Texarkana job junior college and they brought me over and back to back in those days this is 1997 there wasn't uh internet and cell phones and all that he brought me over and interviewed me offered me the job and you know his uh the pitching coach there at the time was rob childress so i was able to join a staff of of a young dave van horn and rob childress you know not really knowing what i was getting into or where that was leading but obviously working for those two men and they left uh midway through the season or in December and they took the Nebraska job I stayed and John Cohen got the job so that's where my relationship with um with John started there at Northwestern State from there I went to Southern Miss I was there for nine years and uh we got there and program wasn't really rolling and uh, a couple of years we went to a regional that first year and then we didn't for three or two or three years and uh we hosted in 2003 kind of got that and the program kind of exploded but uh had a great, great time at Southern Miss. I, I was working for my former junior college coach, Corky Palmer, who I played for at Meridian Junior College. And uh, he's like a second dad to me. And Scott Berry was like a brother, the current head coach there. He was another assistant there, and he also coached me in junior college. So, uh, you know, my wife's a graduate of that school. All three of our children were born there. So it was a great, great time for us. But wanted to shake things up, and I moved to, to the Midwest and, Worked one year at Kansas State, and I know you guys have some history in that state, and it gets cold and and uh, it snows a lot in Kansas. So, uh, but we uh, Brad Hill was able to able to work for him and enjoyed my time there. But um, only staying one year. We loved Manhattan, but uh, John Cohen got the Mississippi State job and gave us an opportunity to come back home. Uh, me and my wife both being from Mississippi, and uh, spent four years at Mississippi State with uh, John Cohen, Butch Thompson, and Nick Mendione was our volunteer coach and current head coach at Kentucky we had a really good staff and learned so much from those guys and uh, after four years uh, Northwestern State invited me back to be the head coach and it was a hard decision man to go from SEC and and uh, a really good salary and uh, to, to take a pay cut but I wanted to be a head coach and you know I felt like that's where I was being led and we took over a program that that had been scuffling and my first year at Northwestern we went 16 and 40 and uh, I left the program to play for a national championship, so that was tough. But uh, uh, it was at least I was I was a head coach and uh, able to work at a place like Northwestern. And we were there four years, and now we're here at Louisiana Tech. So I know that was kind of long and I, <laughs> a lot of talking there, but that that's pretty much been my journey. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, any coach will tell you that's head coach has a similar journey and how you start and where you start, work yourself up. But I, I just you know very thankful and appreciative. Uh, I think I've been blessed to work for some great, great baseball minds. And not only that, just tremendous, tremendous men that I've learned a lot from through the years. No, yeah, that's awesome. And definitely for you to go through and, I guess, you know, definitely have all those stops throughout the way. And just like you said, work for some of those great minds. Um, it's cool, too. Uh, we, we really liked uh, how you've been through. And, again, like I think great leaders are also great followers. And so, you know, throughout that time, 
you know, putting in putting that time and getting that you know tenure with all those programs, I think is I'm sure has led to a lot of your success now. Um, so when we actually jump into this, um, we we really wanted to figure out you know what sets Louisiana Tech apart from these other schools in the nation. Yeah, we love it here, and I tell you what, there's so much history and tradition, not in just baseball, but in, in the entire athletic department. You think of a Terry Bradshaw was a quarterback here, and he was the first overall pick, won four Super Bowls or whatever, and a women's basketball program played, won a national championship and played for three or four more, and just uh, Leon Barrymore, one of the great historic women's basketball coaches. But I think you, if you talk about Louisiana Tech, you got to talk about Ruston. That's where we're located, and uh, it, it goes, it's all one and in itself, and uh, tremendous, tremendous community. And when I say that, and it's it's such an easy sell to recruit, um, easy to sell to recruits, because um, I say it all the time, I've lived in Starkville, and, and I've seen Ole Miss flags flying. I've lived in Hattiesburg and Mississippi State, and Ole Miss flags are flying. And when, but when you're in Ruston, man, everybody's flying that state T, and uh, you go to all the residential areas and the businesses in town, everybody's behind us, and it's just such great community support and since we've got here and it's nothing we've done it's the it's the product we're putting on the field and the way our guys handle themselves it's, we've doubled our attendance season attendance uh the last from the year we got here till now and uh people are coming out and seeing us play man and it's i think we're putting a good product on the field but uh we got a quality education great engineering program here at louisiana tech and from the very top all the way to the bottom our, our president of our university dr les guy sees it he comes to our games and he knows our players by name. And I've been to a lot of places we just talked about, and you just don't see that. You don't see a lot of uh, presidents of the universities uh, sitting out there and sweating or freezing and, and watching baseball games. But it, and it ain't just us. He's at all the uh, athletic programs, games. And it's just uh, when it, when you got that support from the top, you guys know this, that you can work as hard as you want. If you're not getting that support from uh, at the very top, it's tough. It's going to be hard, and you're, you're pretty much spinning your wheels. So uh, I just think the, the community, uh, the great education, uh, not to mention we have a great facility here and, and uh, great support, but everybody's behind us, and, and that makes it fun. And, and my family, we absolutely love it here. So I would say one and all is the community and, and uh, the support we have from the administration all the way down. Yeah, I love that. You know, Joy and I going to school in a smaller town, kind of close-knit like that, it creates a great culture and really gives you guys the opportunity to create buy-in Part of that, though, I'm sure you guys have to target a certain type of guy. Can you kind of open up what player you guys target to uh, fit the mold and culture there at La Tech? Sure, sure man. I think, you, I think you said the right buzzword. That's culture. And I know that's a word that's thrown around a lot today, and it's probably overused, but it's important. And I think uh, when you guys know you play baseball and you've been around it your whole life, and uh, over the course of a season, it's, there's going to be a lot of ups and a lot of downs, a lot of peaks and valleys. And when things go bad, you got to have something to grab onto. And, and that's culture here. And I can only go by what type of player I was. And, you know, I wasn't very talented, but, um, you know, in the way I was raised and it's, it's a blue collar mentality. And, and, uh, look, I grew up in Mississippi and I would have crawled through glass on my belly to play at Mississippi state. I just wasn't good enough. And, uh, you know, I know being in the state of Louisiana, it's, it's it's the elephant in the room. We don't hide it. We talk about it with recruits. They all grow up in this state, and they mostly want to go play at LSU, and I get it, and I respect that. But uh, we like guys to have a chip on their shoulder and, and maybe a little bit overlooked. I love those guys. I've, I've been in programs. I've coached in the Big 12 SEC where we had a lot of top 100, you know, so-called ranking guys or whatever, and that's great. But 
the most successful guys we've had. And I got nine guys I've coached in the big leagues right now. Two of those guys were first rounders. They were not ranked uh, in the top 100 or maybe 500 coming out of high school. And, and uh, you know, it's about development. It's about finding the right fit. And uh, character and makeup so important to me. And, and it's, it's, you know, I tell kids, every kid that comes here, my evaluation starts of them when they reach their hand out. And, and uh, as a recruiting coordinator for 18 years, my, my job is to go evaluate skill set and bring it back, bring those guys back in and, and see if it's a fit. But, uh, you know, my evaluation now starts when I shake your hand or you get, or you look at me in the eyes, you give me a good handshake and I can tell if you were raised right. And, and uh, yeah, we just, we create a culture of uh, it's blue collar, it's hard nose. And I know everybody says that, but we live it and uh, it's, it's character, it's makeup and, you guys play ball. There's knuckleheads in every locker room. I mean, it, there's no way around it. But I think for the most part, we do a good job of, of, of bringing in some character guys and, and guys that, that want to prove people wrong. And, and, you know, like of those nine guys I got playing right now in the big leagues, uh, every one of those guys had a chip on their shoulder. Every one of those guys had great character and makeup. And, and uh, we call them company men. Uh, that's that's my phrase for them. It's uh, company men are harder to uh, replace than talented guys. And uh, we got some company men in this program, and when they leave one day, it's going to be tough to replace them. It's it's important you get those company men back in there, and and um, that's kind of the the phrase we use around here: "You're a company man, or you're not." And uh, it seems to be working. No, that's some great stuff, and you you know you definitely you know walked right into uh, what I wanted you to dive into next is you know when you talk about uh, player development, like you said, and you get you're getting a lot of these guys. I mean. Uh, just looking at some of your guys' stats last year, I mean, you had over five guys hit over 300. So that's pretty impressive and, and some of the stats you guys have been able to put up. So how do you go about developing some of these players? Probably something you don't need to say as a college head head coach, and I think most people would agree. And, you know, it's the difference in minor league ball and colleges. We're really – you have to develop these guys. I mean, all those guys I just talked about, they're playing the big leagues. One of them was drafted out of high school. There's development. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of it's culture and buy-in. We just talked about one, one thing, for instance, uh, we broke the school record two years in a row with hit-by-pitches. And people ask us all the time. They go, what do you guys do? And we're not throwing baseballs at guys. It's, it's, it's really what our culture and our identity is. If, if a guy jumps out of the way of a ball, they're not going to have to hear it from me. They're going to hear it from everybody else. And if they wear one, it's a badge of honor and everybody goes crazy. That's culture. And, uh, you know, it's it's – in reality, though, college baseball, it's not a developmental league. You have to win. And uh, I know that's kind of a – in saying that, that sounds bad. And I tell recruits at it, but it's – it's uh, you know, we can't allow a guy to stay in there and punch out 30 times in a row. Or, uh, But in saying that, too, we also – you do have to develop these guys. That's part of our job. And I think the way we practice, the way we uh, figure out who you are, what kind of player you are – and, and not to sound, you know, this is not ear candy for everybody. It's things we talk about and we take it serious. And, uh, you know, we want to develop the human being, too. It's it, develop the man. Uh, that's I think it all goes hand in hand. And I got to tell you, if you interview our players, and I encourage every recruit, go interview our guys. And we talk about life. We talk about we all want to play in the big leagues. Every one of us do that's ever picked up a baseball. The problem is we're not all going to get there. But. We're all going to be husbands. We're all going to be fathers one day, hopefully. And and uh, when they leave here, they need to have some of that skill set to uh, and the way we live our lives. Us as coaches, uh, I'm a big family guy, man. I like our kids, our coaches' kids being around here, the wives. I want everybody involved and and up here at the facility. I encourage that, and our players need to see that. But 
I feel good about the way we developed. Like I said, uh, you know, track record of, of uh, guys not getting drafted and then getting in here and developing them as players, as men, and, and finding their way into professional baseball. And, you know, kids do their homework this day and age. You can't hide it. They, they know how many guys you got, you, you've had drafted and how many guys you got playing professional baseball. And there's no way around it. You can't, you can't hide that fact. Uh, it, it's hard to hide things this day and age. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if I really answered your question there, but it's to us, it's as important to develop the man and the person as it is their skill set. But, uh, you know, I feel like we do a great job. And, I always say it when I became a head coach, hire people smarter than I am. And uh, I feel like I've done that everywhere I've been. And I let those guys coach, man. That's one thing that, that our coach, every coach I worked for along the way, I never had a guy looking over my shoulder. They let me do my job, whether it was recruiting or, or developing on the hitting side or offensive side of baseball. And that's something I appreciated. It helped me grow. And, and I allow our coaches to do the same. Yeah, man, it's good stuff. You know, you touched on, this next segment a little bit uh, player development is a continued process. And part of that is the daily routine you put your guys through. Um, can you kind of walk us through what a typical day of practice looks like for the Bulldogs? Sure. Absolutely. We uh, we'll start every day with what we call early work. I'm sure everybody does that. And it's an optional deal. We do it for an hour. Let's just say one thirty to two thirties early work. And, and that's when you go out and you get your uh, whatever our hitting coach has, as you're working on that day and get, get your routine out of the way or some pitchers will get their pin work or their flat ground, long toss, whatever they're running, they have to do that day. And when, when early work ends, we all come back to the locker room and we meet and we go over what we, we call a video review. It's something I've done. We did it at Mississippi state when I was an assistant, I've done it since I've been a head coach. And what we'll do guys is we'll, uh, we'll show video of maybe big league games that, that happened the night before or, or uh, our inter-squad games or even our games in the spring. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take about four clips from each segment of the game, whether it's four pitching clips, four, uh, maybe it's hitting, maybe it's just offense, maybe it's base running, taking a ball in the dirt, or, or maybe it's a big league team running a first and third defense or a double cut relay. And that's how we teach. We live in a visual age and, and uh, we do video review. And, you know, we that lasts about 30 minutes and I'll, I'll kind of kick it off and go over a couple clips and Austin Knight or, one of our assistants, he always does a great job of getting those clips every day for us, uh, whether it's ours or our big league games or whatever. And um, and then I'll turn it over to our pitching coach, and he'll do the pitching side and the hitting coach. And Coach Knight Austin works with our catchers, and it may be simply just uh, watching big league catchers block baseballs. And our guys love it. You know, it's uh, every time we we just finished up our fall exit meetings and and we do an evaluation. And these guys, we what do you like best about our practice? What do you like least? And you know, to a man, a lot of them say, man, I love video review. It's, and, and sometimes something we do for fun, and I think it helps develop the player and his mentality and know the game is we'll, we'll actually have our players do it. Well, they'll run the whole thing. You know, we'll call a guy up and say, you break this down. And, and uh, you know, it just it, and it, it turns into good conversation in the room anyway. And uh, after video review, we do an active warm-up, and, and uh, we don't really do a static stretch. We'll do an active warm-up and dynamic movement stretch, and, and then we get rolling, man. We'll have a, a two-hour practice, two and a half, whatever. Uh, we don't like to be out there a long time, and our practices are high energy, and, and they're quick, and they're crisp, and, and uh, we demand a lot of our guys in practice. But we like to have fun, too. We crank up the music. I'm a, I'm a music guy, and, and uh, we crank it up loud and, and allow our guys to have a good time, and, and, uh, and then we usually call it a day. And if they got weights, uh, strength, and conditioning that night, that'll usually take place after practice. 
Yeah, thanks for driving us uh, through that. And you definitely uh, touched on, you know, some t- use of technology there. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, you know, technology that you guys utilize to um, for player development, what does that look like? Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because there is uh, obviously video. We, you know, and I think everybody does that. I'm not, I've never been, a, even when I was a hitting coach, and I've never been a huge video breakdown guy with hitters. I just, I think sometimes guys are looking for things that, that aren't there if they're struggling and, and, uh, you know, I worry sometimes for guys going real good, it, it's easy. <laughs> I want him watching it, really. I want it. But it is important. And obviously, we use a video with our hitters, our pitchers, our catchers. And, uh, and then we have our video review. And, you know, I think budget-wise, you kind of – you can kind of – whatever your budget is, is kind of dictates what you're going to use technology-wise. But, you know, something we are looking at, and I'm glad you did bring this up moving forward this spring, is we're our kinesiology department here, uh, Dr. Szymanski runs it and uh, he's a former uh, assistant coach at Auburn under Hal Baird so he's a baseball man and and um, he's they've got a newly installed it's a motion capture system and we actually they're hiring a GA this year coming up this spring and uh, they're going to come in and work on the baseball side of it we're going to utilize them so um, they've hired a biomechanist to run that thing and uh, a lot of big words there way over my head but uh, if you know anything with a motion with our pitchers or our strokes or swings or whatever and uh, it's just something we've never I've never utilized and we've never you know had the budget to do to buy a system like that and our kinesiology department has reached out to us and we're going to partner with them and uh, I can't give you a breakdown of what it's like because we had not done it but it's something moving forward I think from a recruiting standpoint development standpoint and something we can offer man I think it's going to be awesome and uh, maybe check back with me in a few months and I'll tell you how that's going. Absolutely. That's interesting. I think the, the way the game's going, the implementation of technology and, and different systems like that, I think it will continue to become more and more prevalent at that college level. Well, it is. There's no doubt. You know, it's uh, I'm old school as they get, you know, but if, you, if you're not keeping up with the times, you got to move forward, man. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And, and I, I firmly believe, I think some of the stuff we do, we go a little over the top, but uh, it's important. It's important uh, to that you can give these guys everything that's available to you. And, you know, we'd love to have track man here. We, you know, obviously we can't afford it, but uh, mm-hmm. it's one of those things through fundraising efforts. Um, maybe we can, uh, that's one of those things we're looking at getting down the road and raising money to do that. We have so much great support from our donors and our stakeholders here that are behind us and, and they want us to win. So, uh, you know, you fight your battles and, and uh, hopefully that's something in the future we'll be able to, to get uh, implemented in our program as well. Yeah, man. Love that. So now I want to transition a little bit here for this next segment. You opened up your journey earlier and you have a lot of assistant coaching experience before getting that first head job at Northwestern State. Can you kind of open up what that transition was like for you going from assistant coach to head coach and then advice you'd give uh, to coaches to make that a little bit smoother? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big, big move. And I, I think, I think, um, most people will tell you they weren't prepared for when it happened. I was fortunate enough that I that I did work for uh, a lot of great men. I got to watch them in action and and pick their brains and be in their pockets. But you know, I, I guess one of the the biggest adjustments when you're sitting in that chair and that that really hit me uh, square in the mouth was every decision you make, uh, you're affecting a lot of people. Whether it's your players and their family, whether it's my assistant coaches and their their wives and their children, or are, uh, you, you're affecting a lot of people, even as simple things as writing that lineup. And, 
the, the decisions and putting out fires and you know it's it's you deal with stuff and stuff hits your desk that you didn't have to worry about as an assistant and I heard somebody say this not long ago I can't remember they it was their first year as a head coach last year and they said the the biggest thing they learned is you better have all your personal stuff and anything you want to get done by 9 a.m. or it ain't get done and I said amen to that you know uh people don't want to eat lunch with the assistants too much but they want to they want to go eat lunch with the head coach and people are pulling at you and want you to come speak here and there. And I guess that's the biggest adjustment is your time management and trying to do your due diligence to give your, your players uh, have that great relationship and give them your time and, and everybody pulling at you in different directions. And, uh, and just to knowing that every decision you make. And I think as you, this will be my seventh year as a head coach. And I think at about year two or three or four, you start, it starts becoming your routine and it, it just becomes part of your life. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would just, you know, it's lonely at the top. I always say that you go from, uh, and I, I'm just an assistant. I'm still one of the guys, my coaches will tell you, I want to go eat lunch with them. I want to hang out with them because I did that for 18 years. And, uh, you know, when you're a head coach, now you're sitting in the front of the bus, nobody wants to sit with you and, and uh, nobody wants to talk to you and you're on, you're got your own room on the road and nobody wants to hang out with you. Uh, it can be lonely, whereas people are pulling at you, but in certain aspects of it, it can be lonely. But it's, uh, I, I just, I think any advice I could give is, is uh, you know, don't ever forget where you came from. I, it's like my coaches, man. I, I've been on the road till 2 and 3 in the morning and have to be at practice the next day or in the office and, and the job they've done. And I think it, uh, I'm glad I went through all that. It took a long time to become a head coach, but, I'm glad I was able to go through that 18 years of uh, doing that side of it and uh, just having that appreciation for what those guys go through day in and day out. Yeah. Every great head coach has great assistants. And like you mentioned right. before, you, you were lucky to get mentored by really some of the giants in this game. How important do you think that was for your, that early mentorship for you early on in your career? Oh gosh, man. It's, uh, you know, and, and I'll say, uh, very important. I mean, it's uh, and you don't realize that in 1997, when Northwestern State asked you to come work for them, and it's Dave Van Horn, and I mean, you don't know what that guy's going to be. And Rob Childress, and I'm sharing an office with Rob Childress, and then I get to work with John Cohen, and it, you don't even the guys I played for in junior college and end up working for at Southern Miss, you don't you you can't see that far. We don't have a crystal ball, but um, you know, being in the office with them, I, I learned so much from Rob Childress from the recruiting side. We it's a funny story. We we shared an office. We shared a phone. We only had one line. We didn't have any computers and all that stuff. And, and uh, man, I used to just, when they hired me, I was so green and didn't know what I was doing. And I used to just listen to him talk to recruits. And I'd be over there taking notes like, man, that's what you say to them. And it, it was just funny. I mean, you, you look back on those days and me and him talk about it, just watching those guys, how they go about their business. And, and you're just learning. You're a young coach and you want to take in as much knowledge as possible. And and, um, you know, another thing about working at Northwestern State, you look at Jim Wells had been the head coach there, Mitch Gaspard, Mike Bianco had been an assistant there. A lot of a lot of coaches and, and just being there, I was able to connect with all those guys. I think not only having to have work with them, but connecting with guys that uh, came through that program, you kind of have a little fraternity and, and uh, just being able to pick those guys' brains and, and uh, be able to pick up the phone as simple as, having their numbers in your phone and, and being able to pick up the phone, give them a call. If you, if you just want to talk about hitting or, or practice planning and, and them giving you their time to just because of where you've come from and the, the connections you have, it's, 
very, very blessed, man. Trust me. I, I think about it all the time, and I thank the good Lord. I, I don't take it for granted for the people I've been able to work with and connect with over the years. No, and, you know, before I ask this next question, uh, we usually get a little bit of a chuckle out of this, especially with coaches that have been coaching um, and how the tenure that you do as well. But what has changed in your coaching style over the over the years? Oh, you're right. A lot. You know, I, I think a lot of coaches go through different phases, and um, I talk about the different phases of coaching. I think there there are – there's like five that you kind of go through. And I, it, like any young coach, I mean, I think you want to prove yourself when you get that first job or assistance job. and Man, you, you want – you're really close in age to those players. You want them to – you know, you want them to think you're tough and, and you can handle it. And you're, you're really just trying to prove yourself to your to your bosses, to the, the guys you're coaching. And, you know, I've always been a hard charger, high energy. And, and uh, you know, I can remember when I started having kids of my own and uh, I can remember softening up. I, I see guys that played for us at Southern Miss years ago and, they always tell me, man, you've gotten so soft, Coach. But I think that's kind of everybody goes through that maturity. And and uh, you kind of let things roll off your back that normally you might not have as a younger coach. And and uh, I think just having kids of my own, you realize, man, those those are people's kids out there. And there's there's people that love them unconditionally no matter what they've done in this game. And and uh, that makes a difference in how you, how you how you approach things and approach kids. And I think I've gotten better at it. And I think everybody does as they grow and mature. And, you know, I can remember the best coaching advice I ever got. And um, uh, Scott Berry told me this. He's the head coach of Southern Miss now, and he's kind of – he's like my brother. Um, we're very, very close, and he was an assistant at the junior college I played at, Meridian Junior College, and we were at practice one day. I tell our players this, and um, I was I was kind of lighting into somebody and, you know, wanting to show – prove my worth and show how tough I was. and. I remember he pulled me over to the side and he said, hey, man, don't forget how hard this game is. This is a hard game to play. He said, don't you forget about it. And I, best best coaching advice I ever got, he's right. It's a hard game. And if it wasn't, everybody would do it. And uh, this game will absolutely break you down. And it will absolutely chew you up and spit you out. And there's nobody that's never struggled at it. And uh, it's, a, it's a mental battle. And I think that's one thing after getting that advice. It helped me. It helped me as a coach. And and uh but yeah, a lot's changed. Heck man, when I got into coaching there wasn't no computers, there wasn't no cell phones and we'd uh we still joke with guys at my age and older how we used to navigate through all these tournaments like in Atlanta world without GPS and, and cell phones. It's amazing when you think about it. But uh I think it's just maturing over the years and uh you know, it's it's uh a lot has changed. I feel like I've changed and hopefully for the better. Part of that battle is, you know, like you mentioned, oftentimes when you get that first coaching gig, you're so close in age to the players. So you're competitive and you're fired up and, you know, you want them to succeed. And kind of considering that, uh, what piece of advice would you give to create that line of separation and kind of speed up that maturation process for young coaches? That is a great question. I don't know if there is a right answer. Yeah, we have them. We have them in our program right now. We got guys that uh, are helping us out. They're students or graduate managers or uh, student assistants and and I always bring them in and say hey you crossed over now you're on the other side of the tracks and and uh, I know you were playing with these guys and one thing I, I I have our guys whether they played with them to refer to to those guys as coach I think you know and, and I li- I was when I was a graduate assistant I lived with a couple of players that I was played with and coaching and it's hard it's hard and uh you can usually tell them the ones who have the maturity uh, to to separate, and 
but it, it is it is tough. But um, you know, the main thing I tell guys and advice when I bring them in is I say, hey, you're going to hear things about your buddies at this table that guys you are tight with that you're in the coaching circle now, and we're going to be breaking down our team and talking about people and their strengths and weaknesses, and you have to have the maturity level to to keep that in here and and not spread that amongst everybody. And um, you know, I, I think. The biggest advice I would give young coaches is, man, just somehow uh, gain that trust of your of your boss and and your head coach, and let them know that that you're you know anything they say that, that uh, it stays in there, and and just uh, be one step ahead, one step ahead. I mean, I got a guy on our staff right now; he's one step ahead of me, man, and it's he wants to be a great coach, and uh, we have a saying in our program: let your actions speak so loud I can't hear your words, and uh, it ain't about telling me. I mean, it's. I will actually turn around and say, we we got to do. Uh, for instance, the other day, I said we have a sign-up sheet for Thanksgiving, and he's like, it's already up, coach. I mean, he he basically reads my mind, and you know, be one step ahead of your of your of your head coach, and uh, just always be willing to to go the extra mile and show that work ethic, man. And uh, those are those are those are traits that are going to carry you, and, and you get the attention of the of the people that matter. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to dive into this as well as, you know, over the years, what has been your best source to develop yourself as a coach? You know, I think our, uh, our ABCA convention, it's, it's tremendous. Uh, I remember, I remember attending my first one, uh, I think it was 1994, 95. I'll never forget. I told this story last year when Augie passed away. And I mean, I can remember he spoke at it. He was a coach at Cal State Fullerton. And I can remember he was talking about, literally, I think he was talking about first base play. And I can remember just listening to him talk and thinking, man, there is no way I can be a college baseball coach. This guy is so smart. Mm-hmm. Um, he is so, he's talking about stuff I've never even thought about. And I remember being intimidated and just thinking, wow, man, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> you got to be that smart. Uh, and obviously, you know, he's the giant of the game and, uh, but yeah, our ABCA convention is a great source. And, you know, one thing I've always done is just, just the, uh, just to connect with people. And and uh, you know, I know over the years I would connect with one person, and maybe we're at a at East Coast Pro Showcase. Uh, I can tell you, uh, me and Ty Butler, head coach of Wichita State, that was kind of our deal. We would we would always meet at Dunkin' Donuts and just man, I'd pick his brain on here. Let's let's meet at eight in the morning and and let's uh, let's talk hitting. I want I can remember him telling me teaching me a talking to me about how your righties hit, hit sidearm guys. How do you teach? I mean, just simple stuff. And that, that's been good with me, just connecting. Don't don't think you know it all because nobody in this business does. And be willing to share and, and to take advice and, and uh, you know, watch the people, the people that have success. And, you know, it's uh, – I still to this day, I, you know, I called Dan Eifner, uh last year. And I, we hadn't had a chance to do it yet. I just respect the job he does and kind of person he is. And I just want to go spend a day or two with him and, I think that's important. People don't do that enough. It's just, man, go, football coaches do that a lot, I know, and just go see how they run their program. And people in our business are so willing to share, and that, that makes it fun. And, uh, again, just get to that convention if you can. You'll learn so much. And, and not only in the in the uh, presentations, but just the side sessions and talking to people and having dinner with people and, and talking the game. That's been so valuable in my career. Love that. Well, thanks for opening that up for us, Coach. We Appreciate you sharing information and perspectives for our listeners. If any of them would like to reach out to you about anything we've covered today, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, uh, I would say email me, you know, uh, 
lburrows at latech.edu. Uh, lburrows at latech.edu. It's uh, it's on our website, and um, I would think it, that would be the best way is if you want to reach out or or, or connect or just shoot me an email and um, be more than happy to. to I, I generally have a rule. I try to get, answer back all my emails if I can. I uh, I respect. I can remember being a young coach and writing letters to um, everybody. And hey, I can remember the people that that responded. Trust me, it, it, I, it's never left me. Never forgot it. And uh, I know it's tough. We get a lot of you know inundated with uh, our mailbox. But yeah, shoot me an email and be more than happy to connect with you. That's awesome. Well, Coach, thank you again for you know giving some time uh, to us and also giving back to the game. Uh, we appreciate you and uh, thanks for spending some time with us today. Absolutely. It's my honor, guys. Appreciate you guys and all you're doing for our game. Thanks so much. Man, so awesome for uh, uh, Coach Burroughs to jump on with us. Give a little shout out to Sheets there at the end as well. And uh, this call takeaway is brought to you by Silverback Sports. Silverback Sports is the alpha when it comes to arm care and training essentials. Silverback's training products are constructed from premium materials and are designed to be durable and dependable to withstand the toughest and most rigorous throwing or training programs. Visit ShopSilverback.com to see their entire line of high-quality products at very affordable prices. Also, follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to stay up to date, at ShopSilverback. That's at ShopSilverback. Yeah, man, it was great to get Coach Burroughs on the line. What was your biggest takeaway, Joey? Um, I think my biggest takeaway, I mean, one thing just looking at his history, and you guys heard him uh, walk through it, is just how much time he spent, um, you know, just developing as a coach before he became a head coach. Um, and then still, when he became a head coach, just knowing how much he knew he needed to learn, how much better he needed to get. And uh, I love that side of it. Um, you know, again, with the podcast, we say it at the beginning of the show, it's just, you know, we're, we're dedicated to being lifelong learners. And, um, you know, so is, so is Coach Burroughs. And, it's great that he's staying along with that and, and trying to evolve with the times when it comes to technology and everything else that's going into the game. But that was my biggest uh, call takeaway. How about you, Bo? Yeah, man, mine kind of just builds off it. You know, we had another great coach that referenced his early days as an assistant coach and kind of molded him into where he is today. And I think one thing we can't take lightly is networking and, and really grinding it out. You know, we're always looking forward and want that next job, but kind of have to make the big time where we are and I think we'll get to where you want to go so yeah absolutely well guys again another great episode to share um, different perspectives around the game about someone that's actually in the mix of uh, turning around a program especially you know a a bigger program as well Um, definitely has some tenure and has some great advice to share so great one to uh, to share with uh, everybody tell them what you're listening to guys we're giving away a lot of uh, different silverback gear um, a whole bunch of different equipment and, and things that you guys can use with your hitters, with your throwers. So make sure to jump in on those. Those are great value and so many easy ways to get entries into those. So we had a lot of love uh, here in the last couple of weeks, and, you know, we're going to continue with that. So make sure to keep jumping on those. But from us and our partners over at Rapsodo, until next time, Farm System out. Mm-hmm.